Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Text, one, two, check. There we go. Oh, nice. Can you make my voice deeper? No? Okay. It's going to happen one of these days. I'm going to be 41 in a couple days here. Maybe my... No. It feels pretty uneventful, that one. But I made it. We're going to invite our ushers to come forward to give an offering together. If you guys can pray with me, that'd be lovely. God, thank you for the, the time we get to spend together as a, a family. Spend together with you and spend together with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who are chasing after the same things. Who maybe are at different parts of the journey, but we're all on the same road. God, we just thank you that we have a place that we can do this. We want it to, to be bigger. So we pray that you would help us to be more like the, the Acts church that we see in the New Testament, that, that we would be a place that shares everything, that we would be a place that is partying in a kingdom way, and people on the outside are, are looking in, and they want to be a part of it. They want to they do what we're doing, because we know how to love each other, because we know how to, to serve one another. Help us to to be a change agent in the world. We ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Well, hey, they're going to pass those around. Hey, one thing before I jump into the message, uh, just want to invite any of you who are volunteers at Vineyard Westside in any way. Uh, We're having a volunteer luncheon after the service. And so uh, there's more information in the program about that, but you're invited to come downstairs afterwards if you would like and uh, go ahead and grab some food. There's, there's going to be all kinds of different things there. So uh, if, if you're a volunteer in any capacity, and if you're just wanting free food today and you're not a volunteer, just go sign up real quick. Just right after the service, sign up for something, come and get something to eat. We'll let you in. Well, hey, uh, I want to, uh, man, you know what? Today is one of those, this one is super convicting to me today. This one is super convicting. This one is uh, one of those messages where it feels weird to be able to, to teach on something that, uh, that I don't know. Do you know what I mean? That sometimes you know something for a time and then you forget it. Uh, sometimes you, you knew things, then forgot it, then got it back, then forgot it, then got it back, then forgot it. Sometimes things are something you did know, but now, now you kind of struggle with. Uh, the thing I want to talk about today is... Um, being available for God and the, the super dangerous prayer, send me, send me, uh, just how dangerous that prayer can actually be. Um, and the, the really, really kind of convicting part for me right now is just recognizing that, 
you know, for, uh, for a long time, I was asking God to send me, send me, send me in whatever situation. And waking up in the morning and, God, where do you want to send me today? What do you want to do with me today? And any opportunity that would come up, and I start becoming more and more engaged and aware of, of things that are happening around me, that there are opportunities for the kingdom of God to happen right now. And again and again, I would say, send me. Hey, look, I'm right here. Send me, and I'll go do it. And that over time, just, you know, from a million different things, you, you start ignoring some of them. And you start not saying send me or pick me or choose me or I'll do it when God calls in some way. And before you know it, maybe you're never letting him send you anywhere. I remember uh, many years ago driving to uh, some sort of a church meeting that we were having, but it was, uh, I remember it was super, super hot outside and driving past and there was a woman who was walking and she just looked like she was struggling and having a time and uh, she was carrying a bunch of grocery bags and I immediately got that thing that you got to stop and you have to see if you can give her a ride home. Stop and give her a ride home. But I didn't. I just kept driving because I had to get to this church meeting that was going on. And then I just remember feeling the guilt of it later that, man, I missed that opportunity of God wanted to send me to do something and I freaking blew it. I missed it. I didn't just miss it and not know. I knew about it and said no. And that that would just grow over time that you would get frustrated with different things with, uh, well, I know, for me and, and in my work and in this place of leadership and uh, being the head of Vineyard Westside Church, the frustration of, God, why are you not doing this thing that I just really want you to do here? Like, why don't we have more people? Why don't we, we're frustrated because we've been called by God to do multiple different things that feel like we can't do them. That we're called to be a place that is, you know, incredible for, for kids growing up. That, you know, my kids go to church here. Everybody who, who goes to church here, your kids, um, a, a lot of us, we, we want it to be more. We want it to, and it's, and it's like, why don't we have this thing that we all are in a, agreement with? Why don't we have these this number of staff people so that we'd be able to do this or that? And frustration can come in and opportunities where God will come along and need someone to go somewhere and do something. They come up and out of that frustration, you say no more and more often. That, no, not today. I don't feel like it. I'm not really getting things that I want lately, so no. The, the prayer, send me, is a dangerous one. Uh, this is a prayer of availability. It's a prayer that, honestly, if, you know, it's getting yourself into that place where you are, are willing to do whatever God calls you to do. And that's where I want to be back to all the way. I want to be back to ready to jump 
with whatever God invites me into. And I also want to be more aware of what the heck God is inviting me into. Because I got lazy. But God's going to call you to something. He's going to call you to a different city, maybe. Maybe he's going to call you to a different job, a different, maybe he's going to call, I know he's calling some of you, and he's been calling you, and here's a reminder that he's calling you again to break up. Some of you in this room need to. You need to. That God will call you to serve somewhere, to go somewhere, to do something dangerous, to do something scary, to do something that you could embarrass yourself with. And it's this place of being available and saying, here am I, God, send me for whatever it is that you want. Uh, In Genesis, there's one of the little tiny things I love is that uh, Adam is missing. God goes looking for Adam in the Garden of Eden. He's like, where are you? Like, Adam, where are you? And Adam kind of pops out from behind a bush, like, like pulling his pants up. He's like, sorry, um, I, I heard you, but I, I was naked, and so I was afraid, and so I hid. I was, I was naked, I was afraid, so I hid. Like, I was embarrassed. I was caught with my pants off. I, I was caught not ready. I was caught in this spot of not being available to you when you needed me. And I just, this is convicting to me because I feel, um, I feel like I uh, hide from God a lot of times. What the heck do we do about it? The thing that I do love is that... um, I can call back on my experiences with God that I've been in a place like this before and that I've come out of it and that certain things helped me to get out of it, that it's not just a mystery of what do I, what do, I do, how do I get there? It's I can actually take some steps about what to do. Some of the stories that I always think about with just this invitation of send me Somewhere because I I I kind of uh, connect with Jonah a lot of the time. Jonah was called by God to to be sent somewhere, and so he says, "Jonah, where are you?" And Jonah says, "Here, here am I, but uh, I'm not going." So I see that you would like me to go to a specific place. It's very spelled out. I don't have to figure anything out. You've given me exact directions on how to get there. Uh, it's, it's clear. I understand the mission. No, I will not do that at all. I hate that idea. Jonah chapter 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Man, some of us have, have you ever been in, run into Tarshish? He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. I want you guys to to give me some props for the amount of lisp I have (laughs) and saying the place Tarshish. 
we have to celebrate, we got to celebrate the, the small victories. Verse 4, it says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose up that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each one cried out to his own God. And then they threw cargo into the sea to lighten up the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Fell into a deep sleep. Man. Um, this I get. How many of you, your way of running away from someone is to sleep? Like that you just want to sleep as long as you possibly can. Sleep is the only place that you can escape from the that feeling of uh, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or I feel whatever it is. And so I get it. Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. How many of you felt like you were called by God to do something like Jonah and you just said, no, thank you. No, thanks. I think about Moses also. Moses was uh, called by God to do very specific things, very important work. And he says, Moses, where are you? I have something for you. Moses says, here I am. Could you send somebody else, please? Um, Please send somebody else. I'm not going to run away in the opposite direction or anything. I just don't want, I'm not the guy. Like, you picked the wrong guy. I, I, I can't do it. Exodus 3, it says, So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that, that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Like, who, who am I? He said, well, You should send Aaron or send somebody else. I'm not the right person. I'm not the right person. Send someone with, with more money than I have. You know, some of us, we, people in this room have been called to go on a mission trip before, but they didn't go because they, they were like, well, I don't have enough money to go. And so, God, you should call on somebody who has more money than I do because I, I don't have any, I can't go. Or why don't you send somebody who has more time to do that thing? Why don't you send somebody who has uh, more skills than I do in any of those sorts of things? Just not me. I'm not the right one for it. Any of you ever in that spot of saying, um, you know what you ought to do? You ought to look into with people. You should look at the, maybe that thing's for you. Maybe it's for you to look into. Maybe if you're the person who says, I just... Well, I'm not, I'm not a natural leader. I, I don't think anybody is. I think we all just try it. And then we prove faithful with one little thing after another, and all of a sudden we're leading stuff. Another person I think of is Isaiah, who is called by God to do something. He says, Isaiah, where are you? He says, here I am. Send me. Send me. Here I am, send me. Isaiah 6, verse 8, it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. 
Send me. This is like fully surrendered. And this is where I want to be. This is where I'm, I'm digging in personally right now of being, I want to surrender all the way and say, okay, God, well, I, I want to get all of the things out of my way that I think you ought to do and clear those out completely completely submit to you, surrender to you entirely, and get to this place of saying, send me, God, where, where is it that you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Where do you want us to go as a church? How do you want us to move forward? What do you want us to be about? What are the things that are breaking your heart that you want it to, to connect to ours and break our hearts? And Come on, God, I just want something. And so for some of us, it's time to surrender to him and just to let go. How the heck do you do that? How do you surrender? How do you surrender? Um, I believe that uh, you can't really surrender yourself to God entirely unless you experience certain things. Um, I had to experience some things to, to give in all the way, where for a long time it was... Uh, well, God, I, I don't, well, I'm not sure if there's a God. I don't know. I, don't, I was just going 50-50 on the fence on I'm not sure if this is true or, well, maybe, G- yes, Jesus was a real guy, but I'm not sure if this or that. But you know what happened? I had a freaking wild experience with the Holy Spirit. And I came in with all of those things, and then I came out of an experience saying, oh, my God, holy crap, it's all real. It's all real. What am I going to do? I couldn't go to work the next day. It was before I had this job at all. I couldn't go to work the next day because I was so freaked out. Because it's all real. It's all true. And I just surrendered to it completely. Because I had an experience with the presence of God. In Isaiah 6, again, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So this is This is Isaiah. Something happened to Isaiah. Something happened that helped him to get to this place of being ready to say, send me wherever you, are there lions, bears? Are there natural disasters, bombs, weapons? What is it? Send me. That's because he had already had this experience with God. It says, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. What do you need to fully surrender to God? I think that you need to have some sort of an experience with God. I think that that experience can come from a lot of different things, but one of them it came from for me was uh, getting that genuine awareness of your sinfulness, of, man, I have messed up. I, okay, so the things that I've justified and said that um, I only did this because I was poor or I did this because this or this or this, recognizing having an actual awareness of my sinfulness and and that I got to have this experience with God anyways that man I didn't deserve it and he did why would he bless me with this why would he give me this it says in verse 5 woe to me I cried I am ruined for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the king the lord almighty like, I'm not worth, Wayne and Garth, we're not worthy. 
just of recognizing like, oh my gosh, how the heck did I get, any of you like, like my wife is like way, like way up above my league and I'm always like, like how did I, what did I do to, I owe somebody something. It's like, I don't deserve this and yet here, here you are giving this to me. The other thing, at least for me, has been having that, along with it, that understanding of God's grace that if I have an experience with him, and I'm talking about this encounter could be um, God speaking to you, God doing something through you, God giving you that, that calling. You know, how many of you have, um, you felt like you were supposed to do something nice for the cashier? Uh, here's a quick one that works like, oh my goodness, this one is perfect. Ask the cashier, you're looking at the candy, you say you don't know which kind to pick, what is their favorite kind? And so they'll tell you, you get that, you pay for it, you give it to them. And they say, wow, why would you do this? Because God just, I don't know, he, he wanted me to let you know that he loved you. That he was thinking about, I don't know, but he, he put you on my, on my heart for some reason, so... Isaiah 6, 6, it says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And so those, those lying lips, that hatred you might have, that secret sin, that sexual sin, that uh, stealing that you are doing or, or what you stole, uh, the way that you cheated, the way that you broke someone's trust, the way that you hurt someone, blah, blah, blah. The same way that that coal removed his guilt and his sin from him is the way that Jesus takes ours away from us. And that I don't have to bring anything to the table. He brings everything to the table. I can't show up with anything to make it happen. It has to be him. So just that that place of, okay, I'm sensing God's presence. I'm, I'm understanding my own sinfulness, and I'm falling on his grace completely. When I do those things, it helps me to get to a place of when I hear it, whom shall I send, I can actually say, send me. Send me. I want to go. Because it's not anymore, it's not like a reluctant, oh man, I guess if I really want to be good, if I want to be a good Christian, if I want to be a good boy, I should do this stuff for God. It's not that anymore. All of a sudden, it's, it's out of this, he died for me. He died for me. Is this not the least I could do? I get to do this. It's not I have to do this. I get to do this. I can't believe that he trusts me to do this thing. My life is his. So it's not a, it's not a one-time, it's not a one-time decision, I don't think, to um, to surrender to God. Um, and I'm just recognizing I'm I'm falling into that spot of I, 
I'm in a, a season of surrender, and it's it's actually pretty cool because I'm noticing that the um, God is at the bottom. He's always at the bottom. Like if you ever hit any kind of bottom, if you're ever worried about something, if you're ever struck, he's always at the bottom. Like if you felt like you can't, couldn't find him for a long time, get to the bottom. <laughs> he's always down there. And just remembering that whatever it is that you feed grows, that we all have two wolves inside of us. And there's one wolf that is, in a, and they're, they're fighting for your soul. One wolf is, is fighting with darkness and death and despair and anxiety and fear and depression. And he represents all of those things, those doubts, those, those negative self-talk things. And then there's another wolf that represents love and light and the kingdom of God and living in a better way and having that life to the full and that grace and that hope and, rec- and that remembering that I deserved death and I didn't get it. He spared me. He didn't just spare me, but he, man, he put a freaking ring on my finger and threw me a party and built me a, a room in his house. Whom shall I send? Here am I. Send me. I think I'm just, I'll, clo- I'll just close with praying for us, okay? We'll do that. God, I just pray that you would um, help those of us in this room who maybe have been discouraged or maybe have feel that conviction of just being lazy with our opportunities for you and that they just started to to come and go and we just don't say yes God we want to change we want to repent God I'm sorry for the way that I've ignored you I'm sorry for the the opportunities that I have known about and then skipped and so maybe somebody didn't get to to see your face or hear your word because I, because I didn't do my part. I, I want to be in that place of, of, um, of being at the ready. I want to be at the ready for you. I know you have work to do. You have work that you want to do through us in this church and, and through me and through uh, this neighborhood. And God, we just want, man, we want to see cool stuff happen. You have done so many, so many cool things. We want to know what it is you have next for us. What is it you have next for us, Jesus? We're getting our hearts ready. We're surrendering. We're laying things down, opening our hands up, getting junk out of them so that we can receive whatever it is from you. Say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, speak to our our minds, hearts, our hopes, our dreams, our futures. You have a plan for us. 
Here we are, send us. Send me. We pray, send me, Lord. Send me to Price Hill. Send me to Sam's Club to do something there. What is it you want me to do? Send me to my neighbors. Send me to my family. We want to be like a feather just blown back and forth whichever way you want to send us. Full send. Pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, hey, you guys, we got, uh, we got a major thing happening this, this coming Saturday. We have several people from Vineyard Westside leaving for a mission trip to Honduras. Uh, they're going to be gone for a week. I want to invite any of you who are going to Honduras up here onto the stage so that we could pray for you because uh, you're going to do something pretty wild. And talk about, talk about send me. This is, uh, this is one of the places that you get sent, didn't it? How many people are going on the trip? Seven. So seven people. Well, we have most, most, most of you here. Look at that. Missing Lelania. For those of you that know Lelania. Oh, she's not going. I'm not sure. Sam is in the Sam. Okay. All right. Well, they're going to be gone for seven days. They're going to be experiencing, um, honestly, they're going to be experiencing poverty uh, of a different level than we do here. Um, it's, there's spiritual poverty as well. There's uh, opposition at every turn. It's physically demanding. I don't want to talk you guys out of it. There's also like, like there's really good parts, but it's, it, it just, re, it requires help. It requires spiritual help. And, um, we want, we don't want God to just send you. We want you to, to just be a representative of the kingdom for him while you're there. Not just somebody who, um, just gets kind of drug along from place to place. So let's pray. God, thank you for. Thank you for these people. Thank you for brave souls who are ready to go into the rest of the world because you said, where, where is somebody I can send? And they said, send me. God, I just pray that you would bless them and you give them favor, that you give them supernatural protection, that you protect them completely from injury or harm, that you would give them a new strength, that they would come back uh, in better shape and happier with... with uh, with their energy than they've been before. That they'd be proud of themselves. God, we pray that they would have supernatural encounters in Honduras. I pray that they would be able to understand more of the language than they should. That you would break down that barrier. We just pray that supernatural connections would be made that that things that will change the course of history happen during this trip. 
bless them, give them favor. We pray expectedly that, just expectantly that you're going to bring back miracle stories with you. We want to hear about miracles that happened there. So we give them to you. Uh, We pray that you would multiply their efforts. You would give them the time of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thank you. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.